Contestant Club Yeah, you know that's us Where we only speak the real And the real rock with us Where we motivate the people And the politic on success Oh no, we ain't DJ Kelly, But they swear we the best What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four, episode 20. You hear me? It's 420 in this motherfucker. Big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Ladies and gentlemen, today we got an really incredibly dope and talented special guest. You know, he's out of Spokane, Washington, by the way, of Philly to LA. You know, he make his traveling to some to some exquisite places, you know what I mean? From the streets to the to the hills to everything in between. This brother is a vibe. When you press play on anything, he puts his paint on his with his voice on a track. It is amazing. He's a rapper, singer, songwriter, recording artist, entrepreneur, and a true marijuana connoisseur, curating multiple strains and leaving his stamp with his flavors. With 15 years in the game and millions of views to hundreds of millions of streams on countless songs, having a catalog of over eight albums, four solo, 13 mixtapes, he embodies a soulful sound blended in the gumbo pot of vibrant sounds and storytelling bars that paint a vivid picture in your mind. He's a part of the epic group Serial Killers with Exhibit and Be Real. And you know, that's a dream team and definitely compliments them to Brother Sounds. And if you don't know who I'm talking about by now, make sure at the end of this, you get that plot album. You go slap that catch a vibe that's in my playlist right now because I got Dimrick all show. How you doing, brother? What's good, man? Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, man, that was, a, that was a real intro right there, man. You know, and when I hear it like that, I'm like, damn, I have put in some work. You know, I still feel like I'm just getting started. So but when I hear it called out like that, I'm like, damn, I got some shit to be proud about, man. Yes, sir. Bro, come on, come on, bro. You make it easy when it's like this, bro, for my job. It's like, oh, 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 and I'm a fan. Easy play, easy play. Let me talk about some of this history. Let's get it. So, yeah, Demrick, bro, uh, man, time's the most finite thing we have on this earth. I got to let you know from the jump that I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on the show, fucking with me and fucking with the viewers and the listeners, brother. Thank you. Hey, it's all good, man. You know, we at the end of this, uh, you know, well, I don't know. We got to see, you know, what it feels like. This pandemic shit is kind of like rounding rounding off a little bit. So we'll just, we'll just see how everything goes. You know, I, I've had nothing but time on my hands this year you know 2020 been a one-on-one a one year for me and i'm sure all of us right hell yeah so bro what's the normal 24 hours for you shit i i mean i guess this version of it is really just you know getting up doing you know whether i'm, I'm reading or i'm listening to an audio book or some music just to kind of get some motivation and some inspiration to start my day go exercise and then uh, hit the studio or make some plays um, with music that I have or with cannabis uh, brands that I'm fucking with or whatever other endeavors I'm trying to get into, trying to educate myself. You know, I typically I've toured a lot, spent a lot of time out there on the road, you know, drop a project tour, drop a project tour. You know, it's kind of like the independent person's uh, artist recipe, 
you know, and since uh, that was taken out of the equation this year, it's like I just doubled down on on learning new things, you know, expanding my mind and and just trying to understand what else is out there for me, for real. Well, you know, it definitely 2020 rewrote the blueprint of how people normally do things. It, it, it put priorities that were, you know, priorities last year, this year is no longer there. So, you know, you got to fill that void. And definitely a lot of people, especially like yourself, have went outside the box and continue to grow. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit later on about that. And But I got a quote, brother. Let me know how this quote relates to you. Or if it doesn't, when I find quotes and I do these interviews, it's my icebreaker. But it also, I feel like spiritually, the stuff you talking to me. So let me know if I'm wrong or if I'm right. It's all good. Are you ready? Yeah. The greatness of a man is not in how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. By Marley. Oh, I agree with that 100%, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a, we live by that because, you know, you can do all kinds of shit to get the money. You know what I'm saying? Somebody might go out there and, and buy a lottery ticket and become a multimillionaire tomorrow. That doesn't mean that you're going to leave a legacy behind. And some of the people sell, uh, you know, themselves short for, for the bread, you know? And it's just, so to each his own, it's whatever people want out of the game. I think early on, I, I could relate to this quote because I had always thought to myself that, you know, I was trying to build a, a blueprint of me being on this earth that's going to stick around after I'm gone, you know? So that's why I stayed down for so long and done it this way. So I could relate to that a lot. Oh yeah, no, brother, when you talk about legacies and you talk about pretty much how you've been able to overcome personally and, you know, you created generational wealth for your family. You know, when I seen this quote, it was like, no, nah, this brother, he, you see nothing but positive vibes around you, bro. Like, you know, you make sure that the company you keep is limited based upon their vibe, their energy and what they affect you. And if it's not positive, you know, I we don't see them. <laughs> I said mandatory, bro. 100 percent. So then, bro, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? No, I definitely wanted this, you know, as far as like this music shit, if, if, if that's what, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, the music. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I wanted it. You know, I was, it was something that I felt, I'll start out as a hobby and then turn into, uh, you know, a passion and then started to like turn into like my life's work, you know, it started to give me purpose, you know, when I just was out here trying to figure it out and doing whatever else I was doing to just, you know, get biased like you know I, in school it wasn't like I was playing sports all crazy like that you I was trying to get to the money you know that was it because just growing up without and seeing people with can bring different things and vibes out of people and I think what it what I was doing at the time wasn't really the most productive uh, uh thing but this music once I started doing that and people started to put me up there you know that same feeling that you get in in school when you like you know, the best basketball player on the team or you the you the uh, best football player or you, you know, even all of that, you know, whatever sport or whatnot, I was getting that kind of energy out of out of the music, you know, where it was like, oh, you know, Demrick is the one type shit. And so I think that's what initially put the battery in my back and, and I moved to Philly to really put my feet in the soil and see what I could make happen out there. And, uh, you know, I met Corrupt and he said, come to LA and that was it. You know, he's the biggest artist that I had ever met. Um, 
at the time, especially that believed in my work, that fucked with what I was doing and provided like hope, you know what I mean? Opportunities. Like if I packed up one time from Washington State to go to, you know, I grew up moving all the time. So it wasn't like nothing for me to grab a suitcase and, and do that. But if I did that once to got, try to go to Philly and then if I, when I met Corrupt, that was the inspiration to come to Los Angeles. And shit, you know, that was kind of a dream come true to see somebody believe in you and your shit and what you're doing and what you're pushing that's already done so much. So, you know, that was it. You know, I was, I've always been the person that's, I never look for a handout, I look for opportunity. You know, it's amazing that of all places, you go from the West Coast to Philly, which is damn near East Coast, and you run across another brother that's from LA, from the city, and, and you you know, that's the West Coast. And it brings you back. Like you were so close to the East Coast, New York should have brought you in and you yeah. should be, you know, underneath a whole different wave. But instead, you know, how history opens itself up. That's amazing. Cause I can't imagine your sound if it was like drowned out a little bit more with the East Coast vibe, like not to knock it at all. But I'm just saying, I just couldn't imagine your sound like that because you take that soulful vibe and mix it in with that West Coast flavor and it always comes out. Thank you, Brad. Well, you know, the East Coast is that, that was almost like a breeding ground for me because growing up in Washington State and so my mom was in the military too. So, you know, for a, a portion of our lives. So we was bouncing around. I didn't really feel like there was a lot of like culture in Washington where, you know, I, there's more now, but I feel like when I was coming up, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of, you know, people to connect with to like bring that vibe out. So going going to Philly and living out there really gave me an opportunity to tap into the ciphers and and, it's, and the things. And I, I I live right in the mix, right on South Street, and every day it was there. And I lived in North Philly, South Philly. You know, as as time progressed and me living out there, it's like. I got that, I got that, that big city, like, vibe that just comes, you know, that comes along with it, that grit, right? And so, open mics, battle, rapping, all that shit became something that I was tapping into at that time. And, you know, they always was like, oh, West Coast, West Coast, you know, I can't, this accent I got, it don't go away, no matter where you live, that, that dialect is in you, so... Uh, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, what's up with, you know, the West Coast, brother, you know, what he got to say, you know, and, uh, but I really was able to sharpen my blade out there as far as getting on that mic, and I think that's how I was able to catch somebody's attention, like a, like a corrupt, who's notoriously known for wordplay, destroying the mic, and, and killing that, you know, it was like one of those situations where corrupt would be like, hey, my Philly killer's like, here, yeah, hey, rap, for, you know, rap for this person, rap for that person. And it, it really just became about like showing off uh, your raw talent and ability more than press and play with a song, you know, and it, then it led to song making. So what would you consider your first confirmation that music is what you're supposed to do with your life? Was it, you know, when you moved to Philly and you met Corrupt or would you consider it a little bit down the road after you came to LA and, you know, you continue to grow and flourish and, you know, into Shit, bro. One of the most. Now, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of knew like right, right after, uh, right after high school because um, it was the only thing that I was thinking about. I was thinking about how can I, how can I do this? How can I make a name for myself? How can I make some bread off of this? So I ain't got to do that. It was, 
it was the light that I seen. I seen the tunnel and I, I seen the I seen the light at the end of it and I seen the path for me to go down that that uh, what driving force was in, in me to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like the same thing. I still wake up now and I'm always thinking about a music play or something that's one degree separation from that. I don't, there's no double life, you know, it's, it's all integrated into, into one thing. And I've been living like that for a while now. So I think early on it's opportunities like meeting corrupt, like getting out here, meeting uh, be real and, and exhibit and, and the list goes on, you know, even dizzy and everybody uh, that was just like affirmation, you know, as times get more difficult and you're going through something and you almost think, you know, I, I feel like everybody goes through it. Like you have days where you question it. And if you have a bunch of bad days in a row or you go through a little dry spell, you know, you really got to reach inward to, to keep pushing. Especially when this is before touring, this before, you know, this was just making some songs, rapping, and it seemed like, you you know, where where was it going to be? Like, I still had to figure out how to take care of my bills and everything. So, um, as doors opened and progressed, I feel like those are affirmations that, that let me know that I was heading in the right direction. You know, something I give you a ton of credit and a lot of people that come on this show is that they take their passion and make it their purpose. And when you take that passion and make it your purpose, you find ways to make it financially gains. And, you know, you've definitely been able to do that. And I also feel like that, you know, you manifest that. You manifest in prayer will, you know, take you a long way, but hard work and making a dream a reality will do the rest. You know, what can you tell the listeners about your journey on manifestations? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. I think, uh, you know, you got to see it, you got to write it down and you got to be about it. And if you are, if you are those combination of things, I, I believe through trial and error that you'll make steps in the direction that you're supposed to go. Mm. You got to learn to live with your, uh, with your decisions, you know, so, so make really, really make sure you, making the good ones, the best ones you can. We all gonna make mistakes. We all gonna go down a path every now and then and look down there and be like, ah, oh, shit, I need to double back and reevaluate this. But as long as you move in with that purpose and you know where you're trying to get to, those roadblocks won't knock you off too far. Come on, come on. So bro, you report approaching the fourth album with Serial Killers, you know, what's there to expect? Shit, man. I'm really excited about this album, man. You know, Summer of Sam, it's really based on, it's a themed album. And it's all about everything that's happened summer 2020. Everything that that we went through and really, it's, it's crazy because the world slowed down enough to where that focus was there. And you're seeing so much coming at you through media, through everywhere you're going, through every conversation that you're having, there's a lot of inspiration there and you know a lot of feelings with everything that was good that's still going on you know and uh just to be able to get into the studio and talk about those things and put those things on on records is i think it's turned something special so i'm excited for people to hear that because i feel like even while we talk about this purpose stuff uh, I feel like this album has a purpose. Like you listen to it, it's 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 one body of work meant to be listened the whole way through, and it 
it gives people an inside look into into um, our minds and and how we feel about everything that's going on, everything that we see. So it's, it's different than the past three serial killers album albums where the projects before was just about smashing the mic, you know, talking shit, doing it the most that you can. Sorry, my bad. I'm getting blown up right now. Uh, but you know, this this one's special, so I can't wait for everybody to hear. Hell yeah, no, Summer of Sam, and just, I can just imagine, you know, the ability of you guys all painting pictures of what you guys are perceiving from, you know, this crazy fucking summer we just went through, from just social injustice to, to how we have this maniac of a president that's doing things that's uncontrollably to, man, to COVID fucking stopping everything. I mean, you went from rocking crowds of thousands of people and festivals and concerts to, now everyone's strategy is depending on streams, merch sales, and a greater social media presence. And it's like, you know, as we continue to evolve with what's going on, you know, what would you say is, has been your COVID recipe to success? Well, I think, like I, like I was saying about trying to keep myself inspired every day, staying in a positive mindset and getting out there and doing some kind of exercise to burn off some extra. I'm used to touring. I'm used stages i'm used to traveling i'm used to a hectic schedule i'm used to moving i'm used to being able to think a bunch of steps ahead with multiple things you know it's like this year i i did get to do a little bit of, of touring and some dope shows right before the covid thing you know me burner and larry june did uh some shows right before covid hit you know our last show was on march 1st then I went somewhere for my birthday, like went to like Cancun, some shit, Mexico type shit. And then by the time I was coming back on the ninth, everything was locked down and, and we ain't been able to do anything since, you know, and uh, that really changed my mindset. And I believe the question is just really, what am I doing? How am I using my energy and my time here? And it's staying motivated, staying, uh, consistent staying in the studio pushing myself to to create more music and just try to try to figure it out what it what would my life be like if I never was able to go on tour you know what if they like yo you got to take the vaccine to go back to Europe and what if I don't want to take the vaccine you know what I'm saying or what if what I got to do if you know I'm an independent artist so a lot of my venues and shit that I perform on in thousand cap rooms, 500 cap rooms, 350 cap rooms. What if those venues ain't open anymore because those owners can't keep them venues open? Where are them shows going to be? Where, where, where's that ability? And, and realize, you know, uh, what would life be like if I had to spend it here, you know? And what, what would I do? And so I've been focusing on, on that. Hell yeah, no, I could definitely see in the future a whole bunch of backyard events, more park events, getting that 90s feel back into 2020 a little bit. And it's sort of going to force us to do it because they're not really allowing us to do too much. Unless you're in Atlanta and they got only like, what is it, 20% capacity? Or you're in a, a state that you don't want to be in, like South Dakota or North Dakota, <laughs> so that you yeah. can... Or even at the venues, what if the show promoters in those venues that they, they can't keep their doors open? You know that they, they if you wasn't serving food, you probably ain't been open till since March. 
You know what I'm saying? And uh, the bills keep coming in. It's not like there's a pause on the bills. There's a pause to pay them bills for this little time period, but there's going to be a moment where that's lifted. And if you hadn't been on top of your shit or done whatever you need to do to keep your, your situation up and running, you might be stuck in a bad spot. You know, that promoter might not have the bread to cook me uh, for that show or whatever, you know? So I think, like I said, I always been a person that's thinking steps and steps ahead. So I'm the gun. I'm the kind of person that's going to think like that. Right, right. No, and it definitely translate. It definitely translate because when you can multitask and see hella steps ahead, you can almost see that the wave is going to be high. And then you can also say, you know what, there's going to be a low and I got to be ready for the low to transition. And so I want to know what are some of the highs and lows you face as an artist that you're willing to discuss? Shit. Well, this, this new album, um, the serial killers album, that's, this is high. You know, being able to uh, work with X and, and be real on what feels like an important project, being able to get and work with Snoop, Busta Rhymes, uh, uh, DJ Quick, um, even getting to see Dr. Dre in the, in the studio touching the boards and on some mixing stuff and seeing some energy like that. You know, that was a highlight of this. Um, I dropped a project earlier this year with Brady Watt that's that's connected with DJ Premier and to see, you know, Premier bumping my music, showing love, another highlight, uh, releasing the project with Dizzy, Blaze with us too, uh, during this year, uh, rocking with, with Cinematic Music Group and, and the Smokers Club and all that, that was a highlight too. Uh, I feel like the lows of, the, of this year was not being able to get out and touch the fans, not being able to check your you know your hard work out in front of people you know I think that really me and Dizzy we built up that first project uh Blaze with us the first one from really getting out there on the road and it just feels different when you're making this music and you get to meet people that it's affecting and things like that and growing your fan base like one one fan at a time that's that's always been my motto is build this shit up one brick at a time, right? And keep my head down and then you look up and say, you might build a house, you might build a motherfucking castle. You don't know what you're going to build as long as you just keep your head down and keep going for it, bro. So uh, this kind of, the lows of this shit been, this year has been uh, not really being able to get out there and, and move the way I originally moved. I mean, lows of the whole entire shit is, uh, I just would say those those moments, like I told you, like where you where you second guessing yourself, where you doubting if if you not doubting if you have the ability or talent, doubting if you was gonna be able to put all the plays together that it takes to really get on the radar out here. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's more than just getting behind the booth. Uh, I mean, get behind the mic in the booth uh, to really getting this shit the right way. So, just wondering if if I was gonna be able to to do all that type of stuff, you know, feeling self-doubt in those kind of moments and shit like that. But like I said, I, what I have learned over the time is peaks and valleys, man. You know, you're going to go through this shit. You're going to be up one second. You're going to be down the next. But the reality of it all is, in my opinion, is none of it's going to last. Don't get too pumped up off the, off the wins. Don't get too down off the losses. UBI. 
No, I love that. The reflection is amazing. And, you know, needless to say, bro, you definitely have the inspiration to keep on going no matter the win, no matter the loss. And at the same time, I feel like relationships help you along the way. I feel like relationships are the biggest key to a lot of what we do. Relationships will get you in places many cannot. And so, you know, what's something you can tell us about relationships for you and, and your journey to success? Because, you know, you got some some big... Don't, don't burn bridges. That's it. Don't be, a, don't be a fucked up person. Don't be a bad individual, you know. Be a man of your word. Follow through as much as possible. I'm not saying that people don't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. But move with good intentions, man. That's it. And people that fuck with you gonna fuck with you, and people who don't fuck with you uh, somehow end up eliminating themselves out the picture anyway. Facts, facts. No, you ain't lying about that, bro. Uh, what's one thing that you feel that the people have fucked up about the music game? I feel like you touched on it a little bit a few minutes ago, but you know, there's always so much to the game that, that people do have fucked up. Like, what do you mean? Like, are you talking about the perception of, a, of like somebody from the outside or what are, what are yes. we talking about? Yes, because, you know, so many people think that, that, you know, rapping and making these connections and putting your life together happens overnight. They think that, you know, you go inside of a booth, you record something and that thing's mixed and mastered by the next second that it comes out. They think beats just fly out of people's asses into, into the system. <laughs> like, you know, there's yeah. just so many different things that people just don't understand and I you know I always find it interesting to feel like you know from an artist standpoint what part bothers you that people get you know misconstrued or, or misconception I don't know of anything I don't know really what if it bothers me I think that people don't understand how uh, that that this is like a it's a job you know what I'm saying and essentially uh, I'm an artist and I'm telling my story for the people to hear, but I'm also an independent businessman and I'm running my own business and my business is my passion, which is my story. And so it's about sharing that with people, finding your purpose and giving it out. Some people think that it just happens like this or they, de they define their definition of success is, you know, some people don't think that you are doing it unless you got a song on the radio. Uh, some people don't think that you are uh, that, I don't know, that just making this music or making it happen, just like you said, can just happen in the snap of a finger. And I ain't even talking about other artists. I'm saying, you know, she could come down to your lady, but not just thinking that you could just go to the studio and make a song in 15 minutes. You know what I mean? And and all the shit that come with it, you know? And it's like, uh, this is this is hard work, but it, it's not work in the sense of, it feels good. It's, it's, I enjoy putting in this level of effort because it's where my head's at. It's what I, this is what I wanna do. I could have never seen myself punching the clock for somebody else. I couldn't, it wasn't in me, man. I don't, I will, shit bro i had like a couple jobs in my life when i was young as fuck and i just knew that that wasn't it it wasn't it I, not for me and i couldn't see myself i could see myself running a business corporation i could see moving it 
but I couldn't see doing it on the terms that they said that I need to go, you know, that I need to take this route, that I need to get, I would rather get hands-on internship information from being out here working, not trying to go get into college and get in crazy debt and go whatever and do a bunch of free work for some job that you don't really have no passion for that's for somebody else's benefit at the end of the day like I can't do that it's just not in my heart to do that so this this is I'm willing to work for this you know what I mean it goes back to your vision brother from the very beginning you saw that your vision you know what this is for me you know you walk by faith not by sight but that faith of what you see that vision is what gets you through that ground you know that ground you was walking on didn't look and feel the same as walking into a corporation or walking into that studio and that energy is like you know once you walk into that energy that studio that energy is like you know this feels like a little deja vu this feels like i'm supposed to be here this happened before and i ain't never been here before and that's when you feel like you know you're on your right path and it's like your affirmation within that moment of like boom you know, and then it just gets a little bit easier in a, in a way. And I mean, nothing is easy. Just when stuff is easier for you, you know, it, it, it definitely translates differently for everybody else. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. Like I, I learned marketing. I learned uh, how to work Pro Tools and different stuff and all this shit, ad campaigns, you know, merchandising, growing a brand, everything. I learned all that shit through trial and error and through uh, having a vision and going for it and learning the steps. It, I don't know if I could have sat down in a classroom, cracked open a book and just studied that shit with no purpose behind it. I was willing to, like, I wasn't going to learn all that to go work for somebody else's business and make them the big money well they could give a fuck about me i wanted to be you know i'm moving with with passion so i gotta be excited about something and then when i'm excited about it then i'm gonna find the best possible way that that i can to to move the ball forward in the direction that i want to go bro you said something to me that makes so much sense i managed a restaurant for seven years and it wasn't until the owner said that I got too much passion for the company that I make them millions of dollars for that, that it hit me like, yeah, that ain't right. And when you said that right now, because my passion is deep into what I do, I genuinely care about everything that, that evolves around this show for the simple fact that you have a blueprint that other people be like, you know, I'm struggling. I have this gift, but they're afraid of success. And then you help them go over that speed bump or that pothole based upon certain things along your way. And, you know, that's the most important thing about my show is, you know, inspiring, educating, and allowing people to get a blueprint of successful people so that they can adapt and, and grow from. I feel that. So speaking about music, bruh, my three favorite songs are yours. Roll My Weed, number one. I Love Light a Match. That is my shit. And then Rolled Right, you know, off the latest project. That is my shit, too. Another one with Dizzy Wright. My question to you is, what are your three favorite songs of yours of all time? It's hard to pick my favorite songs of uh, my favorite songs. I, I could just tell you which ones come to mind first if I was going to be like somebody was going to say, hey, you know, if you want to check out like something and it would be... Uh, a song that I got called Eyes Red off the first Stony Point album. 
that's a that's a personal favorite of mine. Um, I would say. Mm, mm, I would say motivated stoner off Blaze with us too, and I would pro I would probably say light a match too because I think when I when I wrote that song I was really trying to catch people up to speed with what all was going on in my life at that moment you know that I have a lot of I have a lot of songs man I have a song called Back in the Days where I have my mom speaking on the front of it which I really love that song and then on that that same came a long way out and that lighter matches on I have um the title track came a long way where my pops my step pop is talking on there and uh I really like those songs that peel back the layers of you know kind of give a fan the insight about what made me this way why I why I'm why I'm this way and like some of the things that made me who I am and make me the kind of artist that I am, they happened in my past. And a lot of those things were how I grew up or they happened behind the scenes. And the songs like Roll My Weed, they really dope. Like they go crazy at the shows. People love them. They're sing-alongs. They got the big vibe and everything. And they tell a part of my story, but it's really what I'm going through in the day-to-day -day that, that I want to give to people so that they could distinguish and identify me and kind of understand where I'm coming from. Same shit with that song, Eyes Red, you know, it's like some of those bars and those verses is like, man, certain points of my, my life, man, you know, I was trying to change my life with a song, with a verse, with a, with a word. I was trying to help change somebody else's life too, inspire them from wanting something so bad. And I can hear it in some of those songs that that I've done over time. And, and I found out that some of those songs do end up being some of my fans' personal favorites. You know, by you being transparent and telling those elements of your life, your story, and painting those pictures and involving those intricate people, you know, from family to friends to colleagues that you became really tight with, all of those things, you know, have relation. And those things is what makes us as fans fall in love with it because we can relate to those moments. We can relate to being on the edge and trying to fall off and got to get back up and, and pull myself back up at the same time. And, you know, another element that, you know, a lot of people get fucked up is that weed is not that bad. And something that you're an advocate about is that, you know, marijuana really opens your mind. It's a stimulant to be active. You know, if you want to be lazy couch lock and that's your stimulant, that's how you're going to be. But if you take that same approach, if it's a stimulant and be proactive and get things done, you know, you can be as successful as Dimrick or Burner, that's a half a billionaire, just on one product. Or, you know, we can keep on going and going and going to Be Real, to, to Tommy Chong, to, I mean, you can just go on and on with so many people that have leveled up with the, we're making the excuse that marijuana is a problem and making it a reason on why you do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you if you think that cannabis is like a bad thing in 2020, like you are just lost. You know, I that's what I, that's what. There's too much information. There's too much real life information out there that contradicts anything that they try to say from the past. And you know, I know what cannabis is. Can I've always been involved. You know, as far as blade, I, I've always known where to find the, the good green for a long time. 
that's that's just been a part of my equation. But I think when I first smoked, um, shit, man, just it always took the edge off for me. You know, it it just took the calm me down a little bit, center me, you know, made me toss some problems to the wind and and get and get to the goal. But that's why motivated stoner is an important song to me because there is there is a whole other thing where oh you smoking just you gonna sit on the couch and get fat and not do nothing change your life you just be a couch potato watching netflix series all the way down i mean bruh if if you spending your days like that that don't got nothing to do with weed that has to do you gotta do a mental check of why the fuck you willing to kill time is our most important asset of it. And the more you leverage it, the further you can get, the more experiences you can have with this amount of undetermined time that we have on this fucking earth. You know, you look at somebody like Tupac or these people like even Pop Smoke and, and things like that. And like, look at what they accomplished in short amount of times 25 21 22 or whatever you know all these people that's like bruh you lucky enough that to still possess time and still have it to deal with and you're healthy but you got to get out there and and leave your mark if that's what you want out of your life but so songs like motivated stoner and even the blaze with us and being so proactive uh in the cannabis situation has a lot to do with going against that what is it stigma that they try to throw on on you with weed you know shit man see that you can go get prescribed some some kind of pill that's gonna fuck you up way worse than smoking a joint so i would rather i'd rather pick something that's natural right off the ground is is uh something that i use instead come on you came to the land of where it's at california it's better Definitely. than else. <laughs> I'll definitely vouch for that. Hell yeah. Shit, bro. I do want to shine a little bit light on a little bit of the history before I transition out of the entertainment to my two segments. Uh, bro, you know, I was telling, talking on the phone with you the other day. Shit, it was yesterday. And, you know, I was letting you know, I got to see Funk Volume start off in the beginning. I got to see pretty much, because my roommate in college went to Monroe High and he was best friends with Swizz, Justin. And Justin and Dame, and along with Hobson, they all started Funk Volume. And I got to see that beginning element of them going on tour, 10 people in the audience, 15 people in the audience. They're putting stuff on Facebook Live, YouTube, through their whole thing. Then the next year they go out, they got about 30 people in there. And then, you know, the third year is history. And so, you know, as you've been able to grow and reflect, I mean, you know, I sort of want to know like about pretty much your levels of growing with the game. Cause I know you pretty much dived in where it was small crowds. And then from there you got big crowds and you had to come back and work the small crowds again so that the small crowds become big crowds locally. Yeah. Well, I think my, I, my first real gig in the music shit was, uh, was a hype man, you know? So I was hype man for be real, you know, I was on a bunch of songs on, on his solo album and, He's like, yo, you come out on the road with me, you know, and I'll pay you this much per show. And I like looked at all the cities and all the shit. And I'm like, oh shit, you're going to pay me. And then I seen like there was Paris and Amsterdam on that motherfucking list. And like, I couldn't believe it. I had to get my passport and, uh, and I met that ex and 
And the same thing, we dropped a song and he was like, yo, you need to come out, hype man for me, back me up on my songs, we'll do the song we have together and you can do one. I think I started out being able to do two of my own songs in this set and our one song together. And these were big ass crowds. And then I would come back home and try to do my own show and there wouldn't really be a lot of people there. And so it's like, I'm, bro, I went out on one Cypress Hill uh, tour with them in 2010 and shit, one, one of the, one of the sh shows had 80,000 people there you know, in Germany. So I was getting to see all kind of shit and then coming and stepping out in front of 10 people had me feeling some kind of way. Let me know that I needed to put more work into my own brand if I wanted to one day see it build up to something like what my mentors have, have you know? And I think Funk Volume uh, from the serial killer shit, me exhibiting B-Real, uh, Hobson was a big fan of Exhibit and him and Dame came down to one of the video shoots and Hobson even like did a little interview for a serial killers EP, uh, EPK, you know, and that we threw up on YouTube where he's talking about fucking with the music he had got on the song and he came down to our music video was in a video. And that's when I really started paying attention to what they had going on. And I, after that, I believe I met Hoppa then I met, uh, Swizz and Jaren and I met Dizzy and I kind of and you know Dame obviously he was there at the shoe so I had a cool little relationship with Funk Volume and they were the people that I seen do it independent first and get it popping you know uh, I was really really uh, inspired by what they had going on and they really embraced me you know as far as me and Hoppa doing Stony Point, the album, uh, to Dizzy bringing me on tour with him and us doing an album together to, um, even before that, I remember Dane put me on a South by Southwest uh, show, Funk Volume Showcase. He put me on a couple of the Hobson shows, Knock Madness uh, shows on the tour. They added me to the Funk Volume 2015 uh, shit. So, they was they just was looking out, bro, big time. Let me upload my videos on the channel, uh, their channel, really exposing me to their fan base, you know, with, with no real legitimate strings attached uh, to them as far as like paperwork or things like that. Now, who knows if if the situation wouldn't have, you know, if what could have possibly happened if they wouldn't have disbanded how they did, you know? And I'm not saying that I wouldn't have been open to that situation. I'm just saying at the time, it was what it was and and i thought that you know they really had at the that there was another time you know i always say like i'm like damn you know i'm i'm doing it so crazy just coming off the serial killers tour where i started out as a hype man and i ended up being in a group with exhibit and be real and touring with them and went from having my my name never being on nothing to my name and my face being on everything with them touring with them uh, in that capacity and then still trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to achieve what's my step? That's my, that's, that's almost like as high as it could get with my OGs is starting out wanting to rap for them to being in a group with them, uh, touring with them, you know, that's a dream come true. Now I was trying to figure out how I was going to build up the Demrick brand. And I was at, 
I wasn't at a crossroad, but I was trying to figure it out. And there's some days where you wake up and you're like, damn, I got millions of views on my own videos on, on YouTube. But I, when I go do a show, nigga, only 10 people showing up like, what the fuck's going on? How can I change this dynamic? And meeting the Funk Volume dudes really gave me hope and gave me uh, inspiration and really showed me a way, a blueprint to study, to be like, yo, this is this is a lane. They building with their artists, with their with their fans and doing that. And I, and I met, and even through Mad Child, I got to shout him out because he was another one at that time that really uh, was showing me about the, the indie game, showing me how it works. And, I was thinking in my, to myself, like, shit, this all, this all I've been waiting for because, you know, I want to, I want to do it. I'm I already been hitting the gas, shooting my own videos, doing my own releases, doing it. I just needed to understand how to align it better and how to promote it better and do different things and independent shows and a lot of games selling my own merch and really being about that. And I learned a lot from, from, uh, all of those dudes, the whole entire uh, funk volume, every do, every person in there, and they embraced me and showed me a lot of love. So ain't nothing but love for those guys. Oh yeah, now you still moving? I see you, bro. I see. Right. You. I said, bro. You know me and me and Dizzy, bro. You know we gonna rock till the casket drops. You know what I'm saying? I got the, I got his back to the max. Hey, Dizzy, a real one. He came out to Bakersfield and did like a, a weed event at Highway 99, and then he came and hooped with us afterwards. And like, you know, for someone to go to somewhere that's 10 miles away from the dispensary to go play basketball with people he really don't know, he a real one, bro. He was received and he loved it and shit. We was balling for like two, three hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He, re he really showed me what that, what that, uh, that road light was like because all his tours he'd be like hey Demick, you know i'm gonna put you on this tour you know you can have a you get one of the bunks on the bus is you and then shout out dj hopper because hopper's uh you know me and hopper we drop all of our our stony point shit together and and so it was nothing to have you know hey hopper let's run it up let's sell some merch hot stony point shit at the at the merch booth let's go push our brand let's get out there and he would dj for me and we go out there and make some fucking noise, you know? And that shit made a big difference with getting loyal fans really on deck to rock with me, big time. You know, one thing I want to put out there, a fan, you know, is, is a blessing. But, you know, in the industry standard, you know, a good fan is someone that spends $50 on you a year. You know, and you have to be a good artist and a good businessman to give them $50 worth of things in a year for them to buy so that they can showcase their value to you. And you definitely got that, and 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 you know it's way beyond, you know it's way beyond a dollar amount. But you know you have that ability, and and you know you also told the story of how you got there too. And I appreciate you giving that testimony. That's all good, brother. So, bro, I'm gonna put a pause on the entertainment. I got my my two segments. My first segment is my awareness segment, and it's about police interaction. I like to ask every guest on here that comes on the show. When's the last time they were pulled over? And what's some advice they can give to someone in the situation of being pulled over and interacting with the police? I'm trying to think when the last time I was uh, pulled over. Um, I don't, I can't, I can't remember exactly right off the top last time I was uh, pulled over, but there's been a lot of instances where I've had to deal with 
police and things of that nature. And I don't know, bro, because there's been times when I have gotten pulled over and I have been like, what'd you pull me over for and, and that kind of stuff. And I just think, that especially now in 2020, it's just try to stay out their way as much as possible, bro. And it's kind of like, I don't know, bro. They they moving with a chip on their shoulder. We moving with a chip on ours. So it's like everything's heightened. The stakes is higher. More it seems like more motherfuckers is getting beat up, shot, arrested, fucked up by the police. It's like every day that shit is happening. So I say, bro, try to stay away from them as much as possible. Like I said, I've had I've been slammed on the hood before. I've been my rights been violated for sure, you know? And I've also really been like, what'd you pull? You didn't really have any, no reason to pull me over. And you know, they, whatever, talk a little shit back and forth and let me go. So I've seen, I've seen it on, I've seen it go both ways. So there's no real way that I would say to really speak with them or to deal with them. But I would say right now, man, just, what you need here. Let's go. All right, cool. All right, good day. Cause if you're too wild with them and depending on what your situation is, you don't know where to take it because whatever stress is on their mind right now. I always say knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it's a superpower. And something you said right now that, that speaks volumes is that you gotta stay out their way. That means you see their ass up there, slow the fuck down. You ain't got your seatbelt on, put your seatbelt on. Start doing things and be proactive so that you can avoid them. And then shit, get through that process as quickly as possible if they do decide to blurp your ass. But yeah, brother, I appreciate you giving the testimony again, bro. I got my next segment. It's called Impulse Q&A. And, you know, I got impulse questions I wrote down earlier. It's like from a fan perspective. And you give me your impulse answer. You don't like the question? It's all good. Say pass. Are you ready? Yeah. Question number one. If you were a national landmark, which one would you be? Damn. They just go ahead and throw me up on the Mount Rushmore real quick. Yeah, it says pull up on me. You hear me? You hear me? Throw me up on there. Be like, who's that guy? Like, man, he was a great dude, man. He's legendary in his own right. Come on, come on. That's real. Question number two. What is your least favorite strain? Damn. Me personally, I don't like the tangerine tasting stuff. Like, I don't like the orange citrusy. Like, I'll be feeling like that, you know, it's not... There is people that are like that. You're one of those people that don't, that, you know, sometimes they cross that and I could fuck with it. I don't want to say any, because like, really, honestly, I've smoked some shit and then I made like some, some shit like triggers like some paranoia in me and all that shit. And I start feeling like, you know, these growers just don't know what they're, they're doing. And they, they you know, and I don't really want to call nothing out like that, but I'm just like, I feel like in my mind, it depends on the grower and, and that, and I, I'm not sure if bad weed, just stress, nigga, the, the low level brown 
shit, this, 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 I'll pass on it. I won't smoke. So that's the kind of shit that I don't, I don't like, you know, fake exotics. I don't like, you know, shit that just, I don't like bad weed, man. I don't like weed where they over put their chemicals in it to grow it. And then all of a sudden I smoke and I'm like, damn, you know, I'm tripping out or whatever over the shit. Like, you know, real growers got, they got that green thumb, they got that touch, and uh, that's it, you know. I could tell you my favorites, my favorite strains are uh, the Mac 1, Gorilla Glue 41, uh, the uh, oh, Gorilla Glue number four, that's what that is. And I like Gelato, and I like OG, OG Kush, bro. That's where, really, be real and all them, you know, heavy OG smokers, you know, strains that have been around for a long time, you know, cultivated and they've been, they've been working on that shit. Like I like a red line reserve, this thing called Ruby red that I'm smoking a lot of right now. And then, you know, the Mac tonight is crossed with Mac one and then gelato uh, for the gas lotto is one of the cross from the, uh, the cool lotto. So, you know, when I cultivated the strains and Kushko has one of my favorite OG Kushes that I ever smoked. So it was a, it was a, it was like a privilege to be able to work with them on cultivating, like, you know, picking a strain and something with them. So yeah, I would say I ain't done one with Gorilla Glue 4 yet. You know what I'm saying? We need to, might need to put a play together. I fuck with the Skittles too, which is big everywhere man there's so many good flavors bro i could just go on about what i do like what i don't like is badly grown processed dirt weed and like overly uh you know people put too much like uh shit to grow it like you know that's what i'm like everybody watching he just gave you the recipe if you see this brother in traffic don't give him no bullshit don't give him no stress no bammer weed none of that reggie none of that boo Get his brother some of that Kilroy, some of that Paul. See, me and my brother used to see OG is like, you can't always find the best OG like that. And, you know, I come from like the early 2000s, late 90s, where $75 an eighth and $25 a gram. There's only five strains. And I come from that era. And, you know, when I hear about what you're talking about with B-Real and, and Exhibit, them brothers, I know OG is all the motherfuckers is smoking because you only get like an ounce or two per pound, and I mean per plant. And so it's like, you know, that shit is rare and it's fucking fire. So we call that shit Paul for pure OG because that shit was pure. And it wasn't that, you know, that. Oh, hey, my boy. Paul, pure OG. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, no, you had me hyped going for a second because I really don't get to talk about weed too much on my show. I fucking, I'm a big connoisseur of my damn self. Like, before they were talking about rapper weed, we was trying to try every weed there was that was fire. Like, we had the first strain of cookies and, I keep on going, but I love that shit. And so, you know, that's another reason why I had to have you as season four, episode 20, because you are a huge weed enthusiast. You're a real connoisseur. You know, you're a cultivator. You take the time and energy to become a scientist of what we enjoy to inhale. This is true. Question number three. If you could redo any moment that you bomb, would you? And what was the moment? What, would, what moment would I redo? 
Damn. One moment when I redo. Hmm. I don't know. I have a story in mind, but I'm like. But you know what? It's amazing how the universe works and how manifestation continues to grow. Because now we can sit here and both say, man, you had records mixed by Dre. Not only did he take what you said and fucked with it, that motherfucker got to turn them knives and make you sound like a billion dollars. Hey, bro, that was a blessing right there, bro. Without a doubt. You earned it, brother. You earned that. And I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people don't understand because they think that that moment's over. Like, you don't realize you have to go through every emotion to get to what you really want. And if you're going to give up on some of these emotions from the main thing, then you know what? This isn't for you. And I'm happy you continue to chase your dream, brother, because the sky's the limit. Past, past uh, Summer of Sam comes out. Past that, it's sky's the limit. Like, it's, it's no telling what's going to happen for you in 2021. Yes, sir. Man, you have survived my awareness segment. You have survived my impulse Q&A as a reward. It's promote time. Let's promote. Let's have the people run it up. Uh, we know the album's out. We got the single out. We got serial killers out. You know what? What do you want them to go run up? You know, give them, give them the info. Yeah, just go to Demrick420.com. Tap in. You know, just go to my Instagram. I am Demrick. Go on Spotify, Apple Music, title wherever you listen to shit. YouTube, type my shit in. Just, just look at whatever the latest is. Or even if you want to go back, you know, I kind of felt like. I've grown as as an artist in front of everybody. You can actually go on YouTube and see me in the very beginning progress to where I am now. Just tap in. And, uh, you know, shout out to my fans, man, everybody who's rocking with me. I, I, I love y'all, man. And, you know, y'all, it's mutual. I support y'all, man. I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to get the world something special. So I'm going to promote that. I'm going to promote y'all. And then just, you know, fuck with me. I got strains out there. I got I uh, got the Gaslato uh, strain with Gasco. I got the Mac tonight with uh, Gasco, and I got Stony Point with Me Hopper and Kushko uh, out there in Vegas. So get your hands on them strains, enjoy the experience, pump that new Serial Killers album, uh, tap into all my shit. You know, I drop music often. I'm indie, baby. I can hit them at any time. I can do whatever I want. So there's going to be a, you know, there'll be something new. You know what I mean? Just tap in. Hell yeah. Now, Demrick, brother, you notice my show is different. It's unique. You know, it's not cookie cutter. They got segments, so I got to have segments, but I don't do segments like them. And I'm like, how do I keep that same energy and close out? The viewers knows it's coming. I'm going to hit you with it. You got any questions for me? Ooh, do I got a question for you. Uh, shit, bro. I just would be like, what inspired you to to want to do this? What made you want to be somebody that interviewing and tapping in with artists, helping them explain their story, then also, you know, telling your story along the way? Sure, bro. To be very honest, people telling me, no, no, I can't join this. No, I can't join that. No, you're not qualified enough. And I feel like, you know, I manifest and, and see things in a certain way. Like as a young kid, I was real blessed to be around certain people because my stepdad worked for an electric lighting company in LA. So I would go to movie premieres, uh, concerts, and you know he would set up the stage and break down the stage. And I'd be talking to people and don't know who nobody is. 
And from that, I always resonated with me and I have the same relationship. And so it's just I always felt like it's something I'm supposed to do. And it's the first thing to like click in my life fast as hell. Yes, sir. There it is, man. I appreciate you, Demerick, bro. It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four, episode 20. You know, the big smoke out episode. Even though we wasn't smoking, we'd be smoking off camera. But that's none of y'all business. Big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do incredibly dope shit like chop it up with Demrick, Young D, and talk about his history and, you know, drop some gems and diamonds along the way. This brother told stories that, that you know what, you can go ahead and put yourself in it sometimes. Thank you, Thank you so much. 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 Thank you Shout out Bobby D and Uncle Snoop Let's go. Come on. Man, I know you guys can't smell this right now. And I ain't talking about none of that other stuff. I'm talking about some of that good stuff, that smell good stuff. I think it's breakfast. What time is it? It's breakfast time. Make sure you tune in to Contrast Uncut no matter what you're doing. Whether you're eating breakfast, you're smelling good food like I'm smelling, or if you're smelling other stuff, we're good to watch too. Make sure you tune in. Thank you.